and about being unto you according to your faith. And I'm going to use kind of a, a physical illustration from an Old Testament story. Uh, we're going to begin in Deuteronomy 20, verse 1. And I want to show you something that I saw this week that really, really spoke to me. And so let's start at Deuteronomy 21. Be it unto you according to your faith. As I read the verses that are upcoming, notice the word chariots in all the verses. Chariots. Because I'm going to focus on these chariots. When you go out to battle, now this is Moses talking to the people after they come into the promised land. Um, Of course, before they do, he didn't go in, but he's telling them something before they were to go in. When you go out to battle against your enemies and you see horses and chariots and people that are more numerous than you, don't be afraid of them. Can everybody say with me, don't be afraid? Do you know how many times God had to tell us, God had to tell us people not to be afraid? 365 times. One time for every day of the year. That phrase is in the Bible, fear not. Now he says, don't be afraid of them. Here's why. Because the Lord your God is with you, who brought you up from the land of Egypt. So notice in Deuteronomy, he's prepping them, preparing them for when they see these chariots and the numerous people and the giants, don't be afraid of them. Now we're going to Joshua 17. And starting at verse 16, but the children of Joseph said, the mountain country is not enough for us and all the Canaanites who dwell in the land of the valley, have what, everybody? Now, they're, they're speaking this fearfully. They're going, wow, you know, we need more land, but these people have chariots of iron. Both those who are of Beth Sheen and its towns and those who are of the valley of Jezreel. They've all got these chariots. And Joshua spoke to the house of Joseph, to Ephraim and Manasseh, saying this. Catch this, everybody. Let me paraphrase. So what if they have chariots of iron? You are a great people. And you have great power. You shall not have only one lot, but the mountain country shall be yours. Although it is wooded, you shall cut it down. And its farthest extent shall be yours. For you shall drive out the Canaanites. Everybody say, you shall drive out the enemy. Turn to your neighbor and say, you will drive out the enemy. Because what was true for them is surely true for us in the New Testament. Right? You shall drive out the enemy, the Canaanites, even though they have iron chariots and are strong. So what if they've got these things? You are going to drive them out. Now, let me show you what happened in Judges chapter 1, verse 19. So the Lord was with Judah, and they drove out the mountaineers. Watch this, everyone. But they could not drive out the inhabitants of the lowland because they had chariots of iron. Wait a minute. We just read, you're not to be afraid of them and their chariots, and you shall drive them out. But when push came to shove and it came down to reality and they faced those iron chariots, they did not do it. Now, I want to submit something to you. Did they not do it because God couldn't do it? No. They did not do it 
Because rather than going forward in faith, they backed up in fear. They had the word of promise, but they did not stand on it and act on it and triumph in it. Wow. So, lesson learned before we're seated. You've got to do more than just have the promise. A lot of Christians, rather than standing on the promises, are just sitting in the premises in church, filling a pew. But when you have the Word of God that you will drive out the enemy and you will win, then you must put faith to it and go forward in faith and not retreat in fear. Father, we thank you for your blessing today. And I thank you, Lord, that iron chariots in the lives of many that are here today are going to be defeated. The wheels are going to come off. The wheels are going to come off iron chariots in this room. Watching by streaming video and listening on radio, the iron chariots are coming down in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him your chariots are coming down. I love the Word of God. It's so alive, quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, pierces. Now, let me just give you a little background here. Israel's problem when they came into Canaan was that they were only foot, foot soldiers. They were only foot soldiers. The, 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 the people of God had not let, yet obtained chariots. So they knew foot soldiering. They knew hand-to-hand combat. They knew spear-to-spear combat. But chariots weren't possessed by Israel until the time of King David. So the tanks of that day, the superior chariots, were owned by the Canaanites. Isn't it interesting that the enemy had better weaponry when it came to the natural? Now, Here's the bottom line. Back in those days, if your army was going to do any good at all, you had to have chariots. If you went up against, uh, just as foot soldiers, you went up against armies with chariots, the battle was theirs unless God was with you. If God is with you, then who can be against you? But that was the case. Israel felt like in the natural, they were firing a squirt gun at a forest fire. You ever feel that way? you got a fire coming at you, okay? But even worse for them was this. Not only did the Philistines have chariots, but they had chariots of iron. Now, let me tell you why that would matter. Well, everybody else of that day was using bronze. They were in the Bronze Age. They had bronze weaponry. The first weaponry was bronze before it was iron. The Philistines had advanced into Iron Age weaponry. They had advanced. And so they had not just chariots, but they had iron chariots. Chariots of iron. Now, you remember, if you've ever seen the Ten Commandments uh, or some of these movies where they show these chariots that have these like razor blade-like skiffs on the wheels, and as they're mowing through, you know, a crowd of, of, of soldiers, they just cut and dice, and, and it's a terrible, terrible thing with these these, these weapons, these wheels could do. The, the chariots were made of iron, and they had these skiffs, these razor-like skiffs. And so it was an awesome thing in a bad way 
to come up against one of these chariots. And let me show you the difference between iron and bronze. When an iron sword struck a bronze sword, it cut the bronze sword in two. So if you had bronze weaponry and you're up against an army with iron weaponry, you're in trouble. When an iron sword struck a bronze helmet, it would slice right through that helmet into the skull of the soldier. So if you've got bronze weapons and your enemy has iron weaponry, you're in trouble. You need God with you. You must have God with you. Now, here's the children of Israel. They had bronze weaponry and they didn't have any chariots. And the Philistines, the Canaanites, had not only chariots, but iron chariots and iron weaponry. So the children of Israel look at this, and, and we, we know what happened. They had the promise of God. They, they had the, 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 God saying, don't you be afraid of them, even when you see the chariots. Don't succumb to fear, because I'm with you. And if I'm with you, again, who can be against you? If I'm with you, then you hold the winning hand. If I'm with you, then no matter what your enemy has, your enemy is going down. If I'm with you, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. For this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. What is the heritage of the servants of the Lord? That no weapon formed against us shall prosper. That's the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Oh, that we could get a hold of this and realize greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. If we could get a hold of this, the difference it would make in the way we face the enemy. Now, I bring this out to to tell you something about life, just to bring a truth out about life. Not all problems, not all trials come in the same size or shape. Some trials are less than others. Some are far greater than others. God once told the prophet Jeremiah that there would be regular run-of-the-mill problems that he would face, and then there would be especially tough ones. Now, I want you to perk up, church, and grab this because we're living in a day when iron chariots are moving through the land. And if you don't know your God and know your authority and know your Bible You're going to do what Israel did. You're going to retreat in fear rather than aggress in faith. So I want to preach into you today who you are in God. Because there's a reason they had the promise, they had the encouragement, but they didn't take it. They failed. Why? Well, one, because God couldn't do it. Is my hand short that it cannot save, said God? No. God told Jeremiah, who was very frustrated with the seeming prosperity of the wicked, he told Jeremiah, Jeremiah, let me ask you a question. If you have raced with men on foot and they have worn you out, how are you going to compete with horses? And if you stumble in safe country, how are you going to manage in the thickets by the Jordan? Once a year, the Jordan would flood. And when it flooded, the thickets around the Jordan would be infested with predatory beasts, with lions and animals like that. And it was very perilous to go to the Jordan River in flood time because of the predators that were there. And here's what God is saying. Jeremiah, if footmen have worn you out, what are you going to do when you see the chariots? If, if, If in the time of peace, 
because they had not been yet carried off into Babylon. They had not yet come under judgment. There was just Jeremiah warning them. Judah was still intact, and it was still a relatively a time of peace. And, he, and he's saying to, to Jeremiah, if you are fainting in the, in the easy times, what's going to happen, Jeremiah, in the really tough times? If the footmen have worn you down, what are you going to do when you hear the rumble of iron chariots? Great question. You know, if you're worn down in rush hour traffic, if you're, if you're worn down in the simple things of life, paying the bills, raising the kids, what are you going to do when persecution moves across the land? I'm just giving you some examples. If the simple stuff, the everyday stuff, the average stuff has worn you down and worn you out and sapped your faith, what are you going to do when it gets really tough and the iron chariots are moving across the land and God's going to be looking for full-grown, full-blown men and women of God? We all deal regularly with the footman problems of life, don't we? You, you dealt with some already today. Somebody grabbed that parking space just when you were moving in, and you remembered you were in church, and so you said, oh, praise the Lord, that's okay. Some of you were arguing on the way here, and as soon as the door opened, and you got out and saw an usher, it was, oh, hallelujah, praise the Lord, kumbaya. But here's the deal. If, it's, if the simple things are taking you down, what are you going to do? We all, we all face the footmen every day. But guess what? There are other problems. There are chariots of iron problems. There, there are chariots of iron problems that seem to stand up on their back legs and defy us. You know, I found it interesting. I was reading earlier on, before the, the accounts that I put up on the screen, I was reading that the Canaanites... The verse says this. There's a verse that says the Canaanites had made up their minds they were not leaving. Had the word used in the New King James was had determined they were not going to leave. And sometimes you've got an iron chariot problem. And that iron chariot problem seems to say the other things you got rid of, but I have made up my mind. I am not going anywhere. I'm here to stay. This is a real fight. It's me or you, and it's not going to be me. And that's what iron chariot, our iron chariots are the Goliaths we face. When David faced Goliath, that was an iron chariot. This guy was a cut above the rest. This was not a normal trial. This was not a normal giant. Every square inch of him was bad. Iron chariot problems. They're of a different breed. They don't yield to the usual strategies of positive confession or standing on the promises. Sometimes, despite our best efforts, they seem to defeat us. Am I talking to anybody today? Every time you find chariots of iron, you, you, you find Sisera in the book of Judges. You find that Sisera oppressed the children of Israel for years, and then it tells us how he did it, because he had 900 chariots of iron. Chariots of iron. Every time you read about them, every time you encounter them in the Bible, the, the account is wrapped in the context of struggle with higher stakes on the line. More strain, more stress, more blood, sweat, and tears. It's almost like I'm in this for my life. This is life and death. I'm in a struggle. I'm in a real battle. This is not romper room. This is not kindergarten. This is not first grade. This is a real trial. This is a chariot of iron. And, and it, it, it seems to be saying to me, I'm determined to not leave. But, but I came today to tell you that 
When you are a child of God and you know who you are in God and you know the Word of God, let the chariot of iron tell you all day long it's not leaving. It must leave. It will leave. It has to leave. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. But see, the problem is a lot of people don't know what I'm about to share with you. A lot of believers don't know it. And so the chariots of iron defeat them. And sometimes we even make peace with them. We say, okay, look, I fought you for years. I'm tired of the battle. Everything else in my life is okay. So, so I'm just going to make peace and put up the white flag and make a truce with you. Never make a truce with the devil. Never make a truce with the devil. Never make a truce with the enemy of your soul because he will never stop there. He will always keep progressing until you are destroyed. In what I do, I regularly deal with people facing chariots of iron. You probably know a few of them yourself. You might even today have your own chariot of iron. And if you do, I don't need to tell you that you do. You know you do. Chariot of iron. The doctor has told you, for instance, you've got cancer in your body. That's a chariot of iron. Or your spouse has just gotten up and walked out with even a warning. You didn't even know that it was coming. You woke up and they were gone. No explanation. Now you're sitting in an empty house and you don't know what to do. And it's a chariot of iron. I talked with a devastated woman from another city. Whose mid-50s aged husband just left her for a 24-year-old woman She's crushed and numb. It's a chariot of iron. What do I do, Pastor Jeff? Where do I go? What decision do I make? I don't know what to do. This is all I've ever known. He's all I've ever known. My life with him is all I've ever known. What do I do? You can hear the rumble of the chariot. This is bigger than you, stronger than you, greater than you. You're in trouble. You're going down. But again, I'm here today to preach the devil down and Jesus up. I want you to know you're more than a conqueror through him who loved you. I'm going to say it again. You're more than a conqueror through him who loved you. We're just going to learn from the mistake these people made in the Old Testament. Chariots of iron represent the battles that without God, we don't have a chance of winning them. But that's okay because we need God anyway, right? The book of Joshua informs us that Israel took city after city, town after town, and the Lord gave them. I'm quoting the Bible here. The Lord gave Israel all the land he had sworn to give their forefathers and that not one of their enemies withstood them until they encountered the chariots of iron. God's looking for a church that looks the chariots of iron in the eye and says, I know who I am. I know what's in me. I know the power of the word. And they might have backed down in the Old Testament, but my captain is greater than Joshua. He's the captain of the Lord's hosts. His name is Jesus, and he's going in front of me. And the good news about Jesus is he defeated every chariot of iron. He defeated the chariot of iron of death, the chariot of iron of hell, the chariot of iron of the grave. He defeated them. So what do you do when you come up against a chariot of iron problem? Challenge, battle, what do you do? Joshua told the discouraged people of Israel three things. Three things that they forgot, but three things we're not going to forget. And I'm going to tell them to you, and I want you to repeat them with me because I want you to remember them. Easy to remember. Here's what he told them. He said, you are, say it with me, you are, you have, and you shall. 
So let's try it. You are. You have. You shall. Now, that's easy to remember. You go out of here at church, wake up tomorrow morning, the chariot of iron is rumbling. You say, I, I am, I have, and I shall. And we're not going to forget them. Now, let me just take them one at a time. Joshua 17, 17, Joshua spoke to the house of Joseph. Listen to these words now. To Ephraim and Manasseh saying, you are a great people. You are a great people. You have great power. These people that teach all the power of God went away in the first century. That's crazy, baby. How in the world? Why would God pour all that power out of the early church and then take it away and leave us to face an angry devil with nothing? No, no. You are a great people and you have great power. And you shall not have only one portion of the land, but the mountain country shall be yours. Listen to this now. For you shall drive out the Canaanites, even though they have iron chariots and are strong. They forgot those words because they didn't do it. Shows me that you've got to be it under you according to your faith. David didn't bring Goliath down with a sling and a stone. Not ultimately. He said, I come against you in the name of the Lord my God. In the name of the Lord God of hosts. So David defeated Goliath in the name of the Lord. And we defeat our chariots of iron. Not by might, not by power, but by the Holy Spirit of God. In the name of Jesus, by the authority of his word. So let me just take them. You are a great people. You are a great people. You can almost hear Moses saying, stop whining, children of God. You are a great people and strong. Start believing and acting like it. Who's defining you? Do you know how much it matters that we understand who it is that's speaking into our life, what it is that's speaking into our life, and defining us. Something's defining everybody in this room. Let me tell you some of the things that might be defining you. And the reason I'm saying this is because you will never be able to stand up and say, I am a child of God, and because of whose I am has everything to do with who I am. If you don't understand who's defining you, then you'll never stand up and be the man or woman of God God wants you to be. Because, see, some of you are being defined by your failures. Your failure talks to you every day. Even if it was 20 years ago, your failure talks to you and says, you will never be what you should be, what God wants you to be. You are this, this, and this, and this because of the failure of your past. Some of you are allowing other people to define you, to tell you that you're really not all that that you can't really do what God's put in your heart for you to do. You, you know, when I decided to go preach, when God moved on me to preach, I had no high school. I mean, no 10th, 11th, or 12th grade. No high school. I had hair down to here. I was so skinny, if I turned sideways, you lost me. I had no training whatsoever, but God moved on me to preach. And there were people who said, but you're not near ready. You really should not even try that. And these voices started trying to define me. But there was another voice talking to me. And it was the voice of the Lord. And the voice of the Lord said, whatever you're lacking, I pull in the slack. And, and, and I realized that you can either be defined by the blood of Jesus or you can be defined by your failures or by what other people say or what you say to yourself and you sell yourself short. 
Oh, this is so important. I can tell what's defining you by the way you look at me. There are people you talk to and they can't even look at you. They're looking at the ground. I call it tuckhead. They're just looking at the ground. Hey, look at me when I'm talking to you. Well, I just don't feel worthy to look at you when I'm talking to you. See, I know right then somebody's defining them that's not God. Because God will cause you to stand up straight. God will cause you to put, God will put a skip in your step and a gleam in your eye and confidence in your heart. Not cockiness, not arrogance, not pride, but confidence in Him. You are a great people. He wasn't trying to make them egotistical by overestimating themselves. That's not what he was doing. He was pointing to their destiny, their purpose, God's call to who they were in the context of God's plan. Destiny was written on their forehead. Purpose was branded on their heart. Anointed of God resounded with every step they took. That's why I hate evolution. Because evolution says you're just a mistake that some uncaring process spit into the world. You have no meaning, no purpose, no ultimate design. Evolution is a lie. David said, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You see, if you understand, I'm custom designed. I am made by God. And He has filled me with His Spirit. And put his hand upon me. And called me to do great things in his name. I'm not ashamed to say it. I want to do great things for God. I want to make a mark before I leave this planet. I want to see the hand of God move. Forgive me my boldness. But that's the way I feel. Amen. So I'm not going to let anything define me but the Word of God. Here's my definer. You are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. I think I'm going to preach today. I want you to catch this now. You are a special called out people. You are more than conquerors through Him who has loved you. You are the redeemed of God, the purchased of Christ, You are God's adopted children. The Bible talks a whole lot about who we are because of whose we are. You've got to always remember who you are because of whose you are. Everywhere you go out there in that culture, remember whose you are because that decides who you are. I give myself about a five to ten minute limit talking to people I don't know before I tell them who I am. Had a guy in the other day fixing Dish TV. I watch only one channel, Forensic Files. The rest of it, I don't watch it. But I got to have that Forensic File fixed because I see God moving those things. And I and I'm, think I'm probably a forensic cop, frustrated forensic cop. I really ought to come out. But this, this guy had been in the service, and he's fixing our dish. And he's in the living room, and I think, okay, when am I going to tell him, you know, what I do, who I am, and talk to him about the Lord? When am I going to do it? 
So I give myself a time limit. Or I won't do it. <laughs> so he's talking away, and I'm asking about the military. And he was in the military for a number of years, really good young man. And finally I just said it. Now I've noticed this. I, I, I said, oh, I, I'm a pastor, and, I, and I, I, I'm, a, I'm a Christian minister, and you know, I, I believe in Jesus and, and whatnot, and I just let it go. And you know, I find that when you do that, more times than not, they're interested. Really? Oh, really? You are? Hey, where, where's your church? And I told him. Gave him my card. Invited him to a service. May see him one day. Gave him my radio card. He can listen to me on the radio. But I got it out. Because of who I am. And I am who I am. And Popeye has no corner on that statement. Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. So I am who I am because of whose I am, and so are you. So you are a great people of God. Upon this rock I will build my church. The gates of hell will never succeed against it. You are a great people. Chosen generation, royal priesthood, holy nation, called out people. You are a great people, not in and of yourselves, but because of him who lives inside of you. Now, second, he said to them, you have great power. You are a great people and you have great power. A story is told of a circus elephant that became part of the circus when he was barely a newborn. The circus owner chained this little elephant his leg to a small stake in the ground. It was buried only a few inches deep so that he wouldn't run away. So here's this little baby elephant, and he's, his leg is chained to a little stake, and the stake's a few inches down on the ground, and he begins to grow. And he goes out and does his thing every time the circus performs. He goes out and does it, and when he comes back, even after he has gained hundreds of pounds and become a full-grown elephant, that owner takes his leg and chains it and stakes it into the ground just a few inches. And a little boy walked by one day and asked his father, Daddy, why doesn't that elephant just pull the stake out of the ground and walk away? Dad thought a minute, and he wisely answered, and I tell you his answer. Because he doesn't believe he can. Now watch. He doesn't believe he can because he doesn't know the power God has given him. He could have pulled a stake out that was feet under the ground put in cement. But he didn't do it because he didn't believe he could. He didn't believe he could because he didn't know the power that he had. And I tell you today, that's where much of the church is. Their legs are chained to a stake that's just a few inches in the ground. And they don't pull their leg out because they don't believe they can. And they don't believe they can because they don't know the power of the one who's in them. I think some people are going to be pulling their legs today and pulling the stakes out of the ground. Because I'm going to say it again, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. 
Joshua told Israel, you possess greater power than the chariots of iron because your God is greater than the chariots of iron. Therefore, you shall drive out the Canaanites, iron chariots and all. That's nothing for the one who has God with them. Paul said, I can do all things for Christ who strengthens me. The positive confession person says, I can do all things and stops there. But Paul said, no, I can't do all things alone, but with him. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can pull the stake out. I can pull the stake out of alcoholism, out of drug addiction, out of some marital problem, out of some relational hang-up, out of some physical hang-up. I can pull the stake out of the ground because of the one who lives in me. Come on, church, give the Lord a praise. This is true. Because of whose you are, you are a great people and have great power. And then he said, now say with me, you are, you have, and then you shall. You shall drive them out because of whose they were and who they were and the superior power of their God. Joshua said, you shall. Now, that was the promise of God. Drive them out. The battle is yours to take. God will give you the victory in spite of the fact that your enemy is strong and has those iron chariots. So, why didn't they do it? Why did they whoop everybody? Until they came to these iron chariots. I'm going to tell you why. Because they said, I can't. And they said even more than that. God can't. And when they lost sight of who they were because of whose they were, And the great power that was theirs through God, only then did they fail. Jesus said, did I not say say unto you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Roll away the stone, Martha and Mary. I'm going to raise your brother from the dead. Lord, you don't understand. He stinks. Roll that stone away. That stone represents the obstacle between you and my miracle. Faith will roll the stone away. Unbelief will insist that it stays. Jesus said, be it unto you according to your faith. They heard the promise that they would defeat the chariots of iron. But the Bible says, listen to this, quote, the word they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. Wow, that gets me. That crawls all over me. Because they hindered God. Two kind of people in here today. People are going to hear this and say, oh, that was a great word. Pastor Jeff worked up a sweat. <laughs> Worship was good. And you're going to walk out the door and you're going to forget what you heard. And that iron chariot is going to come rumbling back into your life. And as you have done so many times before, you're going to retreat in fear or make a truce with it. And then there's people who are hearing this and go, you know what? Bless God. I'm sick of this. I'm just sick of this. I'm sick of this iron chariot. I'm sick of this havoc. I'm sick of this pain. I'm going to take a stand because the word of the Lord said to me, you are, you have, you shall. Can we say it together? You are, you have, 
You shall. Can we stand up together today? Please, as little movement as possible, because I want to pray with people who are battling iron chariots. If you're battling an iron chariot, raise your hand real high towards the Lord. All over this building, many of you. Wow. It's got to be a third, maybe even a half. I want you to know, say with me again, I am. I have. I shall. Now, Lord, you know exactly what every person in this room is dealing with. Alcoholism. The iron chariot of drug addiction. Iron chariot of pornography. Iron chariot of ongoing chronic marital issues. The iron chariot of an idol we have so much trouble letting go of. I want you to lift your hands to the Lord and say, Lord, I am your child. Therefore, I have the power I need to conquer this chariot. I shall move forward in faith and see the wheels come off that chariot. Oh, the wheels are coming off that chariot. I'm telling you, the wheels are coming off chariots in this room right now. The wheels are coming off. Those skids are dropping to the ground. Now say with me, Lord, I am more than a conqueror. And that is what your word promises. So I declare that today is the day that iron chariot falls. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Now give the Lord a praise. Give him a praise. Let's give.